I still like the idea of having to sit down and then talk to the computer. Do I make you nervous? Yes. <laughs> Live from the Annex Wealth Management Studios, this is Wisconsin's Morning News. Here's your host, Vince Petrano. Coming up on 810 on Wisconsin's Morning News, I am having trouble reconciling two things that are in the news today. It's like a juxtaposition. And I wonder which city do we live in? Because you had the report, and I want to get some more details uh, that's in the Milwaukee Business Journal this morning. We did sort of allude to this, that the city was doing sort of some long-range planning and studies about what they want a number of properties and areas to look like yeah. in the future. And these are properties that are transitioning. Maybe they're changing hands or things are happening with them. And the ideas that are out there and the possibilities for some of these spaces and then all of the things that we're seeing around us in terms of development downtown, positive things. Mm -hmm. Like, if all I read was what I just saw in there, I'd be like, wow, this looks like a great city. Going to redevelop MacArthur Square, going to yeah. take down 794, do some special stuff there. Big buildings, gangbuster yeah. development, more people moving downtown. Things are happening, things are happening. This is an amazing place. And yet at the same time, the other big story in the news that we're talking about is the city of Milwaukee getting real about its finances and actually running tests. And uh, I think it's important to note they haven't flat out proposed to do any of these things yet, but they are approaching the quote unquote fiscal cliff where there'll be well over $100 million in deficit next year. And many years to come, the budgets don't look good. So they're starting to plan ahead and asking city departments, look, we'd like to hear from you on what would happen if, you know, for example, we cut your budget by 25%. Boof. And, of course, it doesn't look good. And there are no, right now, real solutions. And I do agree that whether you're talking about a personal business, whether you're talking about a major company, whether you're talking about a nonprofit – or municipal governance, you can't cut your way to prosperity. Now, they should have been more responsible with their spending for many years, and we should have been having these conversations a long time ago, but since we never came up with a solution, we just kept move, pushing to the next budget year. But that said, how can simultaneously so many amazing things be happening, and yet we fear we're on the brink of municipal disaster in terms of the governance of the city and our finances? Well, you have to have some type of bright future, some bright goals, some bright plan to move the city forward. There's clearly more development coming to downtown. Let's talk about uh, the Business Journal story. You, you have that in front of you because a couple of things they mentioned specifically were pretty interesting well, that I'd like to share. Okay. there's Well, there's a couple of them, but uh, the one bigger one is the envisionment for new downtown would include removing 794. It would include redeveloping MacArthur Square. And then one plan, maybe narrowing roads, eliminating some roads. No, no That's good. hang that, on. That means less potholes. <laughs> That's right. You don't have to fix the potholes if there's no street there anymore. Yeah. And uh, also redeveloping, and this is something that you've talked about in the past, too, the, the Marcus Performing Arts Center, so that parking garage area. That was something that you addressed, what, a couple of weeks ago? Yeah, there was. We knew they area. were going to be studying that. Yeah, and that is a city-owned lot, but obviously the Marcus Performing Arts Center has a great stake in what happens over there. It's a super convenient way that a lot of people 
access the center directly. So I think I was on record saying that I support a redevelopment as long as there's a major parking component that's a part of it and it continues to serve the Performing Arts Center and all the people who patronize it. In that same little area, the Business Journal says big changes to downtown Milwaukee envisioned in this long-range plan with narrower streets just outside City Hall, expansive plazas with outdoor tables, food trucks, private development, replacing the home office of the Department of City Development, so this area, that concept right there around City Hall is just one of many that they're looking at as a possible plan. I could see that underutilized, and I suppose if you want to narrow a street or two, right, I'll, I'll take that on a case-by-case basis. We know one thing that doesn't work, and Milwaukee Mayor John Norquist, who was bullish on downtowns, in fact, his book was Wealth of Cities, which I read, and it wasn't a popular opinion at the time in the 80s when it came out, this whole idea that, look, major urban centers are poised for a comeback. And he was right about that and a lot, about a number of other things. One issue I had with him was his strategy on transportation was, if we make it just so darn inconvenient for people to get from the suburbs into Milwaukee by not expanding freeways or not growing that, then they'll just all move downtown yeah. out, of, out of frustration. <laughs> <laughs> and what you at least saw for the last 20 or 30 years is, no, not only did they not move downtown— they left, took their businesses with them, built out restaurants, built out strip now, malls. That book was written well before the development of smartphones and everything else we can do in working from our home office, right. from a different location, out of state. And et that trend now, many decades later, is reversing, where actually you're seeing people who live downtown and perhaps work elsewhere. Yeah. And all good. I just wonder, like, how. How is the city going to wrap its arms around it? Because then you need, you still need a strong governance for the city. And you still need to shore up these finances for the city, even if it's private development on some of these plots that we're talking about. And all this comes to the mayor also saying that he wants to grow the population of the city. to Get it to like a million people. And you can't do that just downtown. That's another thing is you have to improve the neighborhoods. You have to make the neighborhoods safer. You have to make it possible for individual homeowners to have, hold, and maintain a home in the city. I was a homeowner in the city of Milwaukee. My wife and I bought our first house in Bayview, and it was wonderful. And we loved it, but there were an assortment of reasons that we ended up moving. One, we needed a new house right away. Milwaukee Public Schools is a major issue for young families. You know, so you're there, you have your first kid there, and that child becomes school age. Are you going to put your kid on a bus on the other side of town to get to be in Milwaukee public schools? Are you going to move somewhere to the suburbs? That's what we did. That's the decision we made for our family. It broke my heart to leave the city, but that was what was best for now my three kids, for my wife and me. And I see myself definitely moving back to the city at some point when everybody's gone and it's the two of us. Yeah. Be awesome. So I just see these things sort of existing in tandem. The MacArthur Square is, first of all, just a dead zone. You know what we used to use that for when I was at TMJ4? That's where we parked all the live trucks. Yep. <laughs> so whenever well, you're covering a big trial at the, at the courthouse, yeah, You can show like, the courthouse in the background, right? I mean, it's a nice look. And nobody ever bothered us because there was nobody there. So it was like, what didn't bother anybody else. You maybe were walking across it to get to somewhere, but that's a total dead zone. The, the issue with that is it's the, the parking structure is underneath, right? So the, mm-hmm. the square is built out, and so you have a lot of infrastructure there right across from the uh, police administration building, county safety building, county courthouse, all right there. And then the museum property, because you know the museum is moving. 2026, I believe, is the open date for that. So they'll be fully out by then. What do we do with that space? The building seems unsalvageable. One of the reasons they're moving is because it's leaking all over. Aren't there several buildings that are unsalvageable? Like, I thought I've heard that about the courthouse, too. 
and Boy. the police administration building. Uh, the safety safety, safety building, building. County I'm sorry. building. Yes. yes, safety building. You're right. Courthouse and the and the safety building are in different boats. The courthouse is historic and beautiful and ought to be preserved in some way, shape, or form. Expensive as that is, the safety building needs to be bulldozed, and actually, it would probably cost less to do it than to retrofit it because you have uh, high security courts that need to be in there. District attorney's office is in there. Sheriff's office in there. Yeah. That's a conversation we were having 15 years ago, and you know what we did about it? Nothing. <laughs> It goes back to the question of state shared revenue and is the city and or the county going to get that 1% sales tax that they've been looking for? I think at this point, regardless of how we got here, we have to consider those possibilities. But I think it's important. I, I love these plans of long-term proposals, long-term development ideas. None of these are for sure going to happen. In fact, I mean, the, they go into great detail explaining, hey, like a lot has to occur before this could even be considered. But you need to be thinking that way, right? Don't you need to be? The city has to be planning ahead, has to be considering options. What can make something thrive 15 years from now? As long as hearing from the private investment dollars that are going to be necessary well, have for to. these, right? Yeah, because there's, there's no other option. Because there's no other to. money. Well, but you see the city saying we're going to invest $15 million in a public square right across the street from the convention center in a plot that could be, you would think, sold to 100% to private development. And there will be some some land there open. I know uh, Jeff Wagner was talking about it yesterday. I see a number of texts from people already this morning. So the city's broke, but they're going to spend $15 million to create a public plaza and park for the hop trolley that doesn't go there yet because they can't afford to extend that. <laughs> like That seems like an act of sheer lunacy. Now, it's going to be TIF district money, so this is money that it's kind of witchcraft. It doesn't really exist yet, but for the development around it, and they move some numbers around and things like that. So it's not like it's coming out of a city coffer somewhere. They're writing a check for $15 right. million. They move the numbers around a little bit in ways that a lot of us who don't have a degree in economics can't fully understand. But the point is well taken. If you got $15 million to essentially build a park here, you know, shouldn't you be selling that land to private developers and reaping the tax benefits mm -hmm. from that? They have to look at that kind of thing when they're ima imagining or reimagining these spaces. Super important, but an important conversation to have. I just wonder, which is it? Which city are we living in? The one that's on the brink of bankruptcy or the one that has such a bright future? Maybe it's both. 819 on Wisconsin's Morning News. Then, of course, the choice is yours. You can get with this or you can get with that. You can get with this or you can get with that. Eight twenty-three on Wisconsin's morning news. Asking which is it? Is the city in for a bright future with so much development and great things happening, or are we the city that we talked about in the newscasts that's asking its departments say just asking for a friend? What if we cut your budget by twenty-five percent? Mm -hmm. From the eight four-seven Vince, I drove yesterday from UW Milwaukee to Marquette, taking the long way through some of Milwaukee's blighted neighborhoods. Some of these areas look like war zones. Why is it whenever we talk about development in Milwaukee? It is always downtown. Why are we not building $15 million parks in areas of Milwaukee that actually need the help? Important conversation, a good question, right? Because, as I mentioned, you're, you're not going to get the city's population to a million just by building a couple of high-rises downtown. Like, we have to build out the neighborhoods. The neighborhoods have to be mm -hmm. healthy. Folks, and sustainable, yeah. Right. And Milwaukee is a huge—the only reason we're anywhere in the conversation of being a— think we're still in the top 30 in terms of city size and population only reason we're remotely in that conversation is our cities maybe only slightly smaller than boston well the metro area of boston is obviously much bigger but geographically 
Like those East Coast cities are small mm -hmm. geographically. Right after the war, after World War II, Milwaukee just blew up its borders. Chicago is a very similar example as well, where the geographic area that we cover is very large. So these neighborhoods are a really important part of the makeup of the fabric of the city, and we do need to invest in them. I guess one counter I would have is you, you talk about downtown because that's where the development flows, that's where the excitement is. Downtown then generates that revenue in terms of taxation, entertainment dollars, all those things that you can then spend to build out the neighborhoods, to increase police and fire protection in the neighborhoods, to make those more inhabitable. The issue is the city's out of money one way or another, very clearly. So where's all that money going? But you need, and you need to build, though, to make them come. If you build it, they will come is right. the idea, right? So it has to come in somewhere. You have to create that park, that plaza, that potentially is the idea that potentially will bring other areas, bring other private development. And I'll counter my own comment about the, the plaza, where the, the Velar Phillips Plaza that's being proposed. On Wisconsin for, Avenue. Yeah, Wisconsin Avenue, right across from the convention center. Near Fifth Street, yeah. Yeah. That lot's been empty for a long time, so... It's not like we're turning down a whole bunch of proposals for that either. That's fair for me to mention that it's not like some developers down there. We want to put a 30-story high-rise here on this thing right across from your convention center. We said, right, nah, right. we'd rather make it a park. Okay, that's not happening, at least not yet. I still, I, for the life of me, can't figure out why that's not been a bigger investment, why somebody hasn't come in and viewed that piece of property, especially with everything that's happening west of the river. From the 414, raise money through toll roads. <laughs> <laughs> we have two solutions to everything in this town. One of them is toll roads. Oh, boy. That really wasn't being discussed, but it's there. It's there for the taking. I, It'll be interesting to find out what happens tomorrow. So I know the state legislature, at least they, they've been pushing. We'll see if there's bipartisan support. The Assembly Speaker indicated yesterday that he intends there to be bipartisan support for a shared revenue plan. So we expect to see that tomorrow, what that could potentially look like. Do people know what state shared revenue is? We talk about uh, a lot. We say, oh, state shared revenue, question. state shared revenue. The model's broken. Right? Understand every municipal government gets back a certain amount of money from the state. This is taxes that are generated within Milwaukee County and La Crosse County and yeah. Oconto County and whatever. And those taxes go to the state and the agreement with the state is a certain amount of that money then flows back out to the counties in quote unquote shared revenue. Governor Scott McCallum, remember he took over when mm -hmm. Tommy left for his administration yep. position in the Bush Worked administration. W. Yeah. So he had a cup of coffee, two years, ran for reelection, didn't win. I remember when he came out with his proposal to just, we're going to do away with state shared revenue. It won't exist. <laughs> Blew up. And that wasn't a fair model because there was no replacement. Debate it, if you will. Act 10 was another thing under Governor Walker where uh, they were reducing the amount of shared revenue that went back to counties. However, Governor Walker's idea at the time was, but we're also going to give municipalities an opportunity to cut their budgets by asking people to pay more into their health care and those other things. I don't want to relitigate Act 10, but these are the conversations we've been having about state-shared revenue. It's a long formula where always the state has reallocated some of the money that flows to Madison back to the counties. And what Milwaukee County has been saying for a long time is, we're putting more in than you're even sending back. It's not even an even-sum game. It has to be that at least, and I fully support it. No, and the good news is you look at the mayor and county executive David Crowley, too. They've been spending a lot of time in Madison, so I'm, I'm curious to see what they come up with tomorrow. 828 on Wisconsin's Morning News.
8.32 on Wisconsin's Morning News. We do have the pothole thing I want to get to. I know we're spending a lot of time in the city of Milwaukee, but the pothole thing goes beyond that. It's more a case study in our policymakers and who gets to yell at who and point fingers. It's going to be some good theater. What year is it? There's always a pothole story. (laughs) Yes. Every spring we do the pothole story. Oftentimes the same, (laughs) same few people. Making the comments, potholes are pointing bad. the fingers. They're not getting filled. Apologizing. I'm angry. Oh, yeah, you're angry. I'm angry too. Let's all be angry together. Just like move-in day at Marquette. One of those stories that we always hear about. <laughs> hey, it's move-in day today. Kids going in the dorms. Thirty-seven on Wisconsin's Morning News. I want you to tell me again who is going to be doing the hiring in the future. You know, we get so worried about artificial intelligence taking our jobs. Yes. Well, AI is also going to be the hiring manager. If my intelligence is artificial, then why am I smarter than you? (laughs) Yeah, AI. This is already happening. Companies are using AI... To make the decisions for hiring. So if that's not <laughs> if that's not bad enough that you're already losing the job, so, now you, now you got to convince the AI hiring person. Does the computer invite you for a sit-down? Like interview? You have to <laughs> you interview with the computer? <laughs> so you have to listen to them ask you those cliche questions. What are your long-term goals? Uh, yes. Uh, thank you, computer. My, right. Yes. That's exactly what I, it is. I see myself in 10 years right here at this fine company. What is your biggest weakness as an employee? Oh, well, you know, sometimes I... J- I know this sounds kind of strange, but sometimes I work too hard. You know, and I, I need <laughs> to... Go. Right, I get stressed out, and I, I, need to, I need to delegate more because, I, you know, I just really take things on myself. Mm-hmm. What mm-hmm. would you say is your best quality? Nah, a sense of humor. Oh, for sure. <laughs> That's good for your job, right? Right. Tell me about yourself. Uh, well, thanks. Um, I grew up here. I went to school at Tosa East and St. Norbert. And I don't know. What, what else do you want to know, so, computer? Here's the part that concerns me, though, because you don't get that you know, body language rapport when you're talking to an AI, when an AI is scanning your resume for the buzzwords. You can't, like, realize that you both went to the same high school or who knows, maybe you're in the same fraternity. I see you're a Phi Delta Theta. I see you're a Phi Delta Theta. Yes, I am. Oh, well, yeah, me I too. Should, yes. Maybe I should get the job then. <laughs> you don't get that. Maybe that's good. <laughs> but so this is something that's actually happened for several years. Amazon, in fact, attempted to build an AI recruitment tool that would scan resumes for key terms, but they had to shut it down three years into it because they realized that, believe it or not, it showed a bias against women. The so computer even, did. Even AI had a problem. So they've well, had the computer to fix that. was probably designed by dudes. <laughs> right, yeah, right. And, and thus garbage the, in, garbage out, yes, as they say. That's the issue. Uh, so they've had to tweak that and fix that. But they are finding out that this is a way to do this. You can actually scan through. It can be a quicker process this way. It's hard enough getting through that HR wall. Now we got to get through an HR slash AI wall to get to the the person making the decisions. Well, maybe we can trick the computer. Right, we know what buzzwords it's looking for. Right, energetic, dedicated, committed, yeah, hardworking. 
All of those are good. Professional. Yeah. What other other adjectives do you need on your loves resume? Loves technology. Ooh. <laughs> Just butter up the loves, computer. Loves technology. <laughs> yes. That's a great idea. Is a huge fan of Terminator movies. Well versed in binary. <laughs> <laughs> Knows how to code. Basic any... was my first love. <laughs> love DOS. Yes. I don't know. I was on Hal's side the whole movie. <laughs> right. Was disappointed at the end. <laughs> we should have more computers, really. Yeah, so that's basically, according to this study, that's what you're going to have to do. You're going to have to know all things coding and 2001 references in order to sway the AI hiring manager. If the thing just is used as a filter... You know, right where it's looking through, look, is this ch box checked? Is this degree in order? And then the stack of resumes goes over to a person. Fine. But don't you need that personal connection immediately to even know, like, or is this just going to weed out all the, uh, I have no experience, I'm just sending out a bunch of resumes? Well, based on the economy right now, I don't know what else HR hiring managers are doing, because it's certainly not sifting through a mountain of <laughs> resumes, right? The problem is finding them. I remember this being difficult like 15 years ago. Because you're involved in the hiring process yeah, when yes. you were our news director. Much different here, uh, working with Good Karma. It's a lot, exits a lot easier, believe it or not. But back in the day, I remember it, it would be tricky uh, 10, 15 years ago being able to convince. <laughs> I'm, I'm surprised to learn under journal that it was a long process involving many oh people gosh. and layers. Oh, my goodness. Having to, to go through that battle yes. and fight each one. Well, it says here that this person only has two and a half years of experience, you know, when it requires three years. Well, you know, we can always... Right. Yes, but I know her, and I actually <laughs> yes. want to hire her. She's currently here working here part-time <laughs> yeah. right now. Well, well no. I don't know. A piece of paper says... Right, you can't remove that humid touch. Tell me about yourself. Yeah. <laughs> I still like the idea of having to sit down and then talk to the computer. Do I make you nervous? Yes. <laughs> I mean, no. I mean, what's right, the right yeah, answer? what you say there. What are your long-term goals? Uh, in 10 years, I see myself here. Working for this company. And what did you say your best quality was? You're funny? Eat. <laughs> 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 8.43 on Wisconsin's Morning News. I see you're a Phi Delta Theta. Forty-seven on Wisconsin's morning news. I'm going to do a nice story about the bus, Eric. What do you think of that? I don't believe you. <laughs> yes, you do. All right, I beat up on the you Milwaukee County the Transit System a little bit this week, and, and actually, I, I want to clarify: I'm not beating on MCTS. Like the resources they have are the resources they have. The decisions they make with the budget that they're granted from the county and various other places are what they do. We've got a lot of great bus drivers out there. They're trying to keep the bus on the road. It behooves them to keep buses on the road. They're just up against the same budget issues that everybody Correct. else. When I've cracked on the magic bus and other things, it's about in terms of investment and whether or not that's wise. But the freeway flyers are coming back for Summerfest, which is great. Not all of them and probably not to the extent that we once enjoyed, but there will be enhanced Milwaukee County Transit Service to the big gig this year. The popular service was suddenly dropped in 2021. That was right when Summerfest was trying to get back on its feet. They were going to do the festival again for the first time post-COVID. Then they had to shift it weeks mm -hmm, later mm -hmm. than they usually do it. And all of a sudden, like MCTS 
basically informed Summerfest, like, uh, yeah, we can't do the flyers. And they were like, whoa, hey. And you remember the last couple of years, Summerfest actually went out and paid for charter yeah, buses to private, run yeah. the shuttle operations because they think it was so important that people have the opportunity to go from park and rides. Summerfest says it's about 30% of their patrons take the bus to Summerfest or take some other form of public transit. I believe right? it. I believe it. So safer that way. What frustrated me about that decision at the time, and I understand it was based on drivers and mechanics and budgeting, but one of the only times most of us ride the bus is this one time when we need it, and then it wasn't there for so many other people. There are a lot of folks who rely on the transit system regularly to get them to and from work, or you know, MCTS is also in charge of paratransit, which is really important. But for most of us, one of our only interactions with the system is taking the bus to Summerfest on, the, on one of these shuttles, and that was taken away. So it was frustrating. From Milwaukee World Festival, Inc., there will be two freeway flyers operated this year. North side and south side from the park and rides. And important to point out, these will be cashless this year. So if you're used to putting your dollar bills in the... No more? No more. You got the cashless thing. Okay. Round trip will be $10. That's not nothing, but depending on how many in your party, right? It's certainly much more to park. If you're stuffing five, six people in a car, okay, there's that. But then you have the hassle and whatever. Great thing about these shuttles is they drop you off right in front. MCTS also touting its regular routes, pointing out many of them do stop within walking distance of Meyer Festival Park, suggesting even find some place where there's free parking near a bus route, hop on the bus for a couple of bucks, and then you got just a short walk in. Sure. I support that if that's what people want to do. A third option they're touting in this big news release. I mentioned you covered from the north side because that uh, park and ride is at Brown Deer Road. You'll be covered coming up from the south side at College Avenue. What about if you're coming in from the western suburbs? Yeah, buddy. It'll be online. From the news release, quote, try the exciting new bus rapid transit. Why are you laughing? Because the adjective exciting. (laughs) This is so exciting. What would you rather them use? The efficient. Okay, so you're calling it efficient. That's nice. For you, maybe. The quicker. Well, quicker-ish. Quicker than the regular bus, bus. The smoothest, quietest, and most eco-friendly ride in town is what they say there. We'll depart for the park and ride at Watertown Plank Road in Wauwatosa. It, now, this one doesn't take you right to the gates because it drops you at the end of the route at Wisconsin and Van Buren. Mm-hmm. So a couple of blocks walk into the Summerfest grounds then. See, that could work for me. My wife works downtown just like I do. There you go. If I need to meet her down here to go hit Summerfest, I could jump on that. You would. I would do this. I used to take, the, when I grew up in Tosa and I worked at Summerfest for a number of years at Susie's Cheesecakes, I would take the park and ride out yeah. of the Watertown Plank lot. Me too. Not when I, I didn't work like you did there, but I've, I've taken it in. I like it. I'm going to ride this bus. You know I am. And you're going to fall in love with it. I'm I gonna, can't I'm gonna, wait. I will call it exciting. Eric, they got free Wi-Fi on this. <laughs> this bus is awesome. <laughs> I have no problem with the bus other than the larger picture of how it fits into the finances. And I also don't think it's going to be widely used. That said, I bet you it'll be packed for Summerfest. WTMJ, W277-CV, and WKTI-HD2 Milwaukee. From the Annex Wealth Management Studios, this is News Radio WTMJ, a good karma brand station. 
855 on Wisconsin's morning news. Milwaukee officials will spend the morning pointing fingers at each other. The hearing set to begin at 9 o'clock this morning over at City Hall. They're talking about the potholes. A meeting today of the Public Works Committee includes potholes on the agenda. Now, committee member Alderman Jonathan Brostoff assures WTMJ this is not about pointing fingers. I don't want this to be a case where we just go after public sector workers who are doing their best and are way under capacity, way overworked. Mm, I don't know. Yeah, I don't know, because the news release that came from the chairman of your committee, Alderman Bob Bauman, has the headline, Public Works Committee Seeking Answers. (laughs) You can almost hear the fist pounding from the mayor's office and DPW on potholes. Bauman writes, residents deserve to know why the potholes are not being addressed in the city. What year is this? We have this (laughs) same story every year. This is like the dumbest thing. Literally, take a truck, asphalt patch mix, Drive around, quickly fill them, and then the, the, the traffic will, will settle it down. This is not difficult. And cities, they, they get all tied up in knots over this stuff. Now it's a war of workers' rights for Jonathan Brostoff, which is kind of a, the, the mantle he always carries. It's not about that. Just do your damn job. Fill the holes. You're ruining people's cars. Dude. <laughs> Dude. My goodness. Well, what, it was a few years ago Domino's was involved in this. Remember they were yeah, offering? They were, yeah, they were putting a logo in it, weren't they? Yeah, which, yeah what did well, they sponsor, like three of them? <laughs> Thanks, Domino's. You, you did the story, right? Arnold planting a tree in the one by his house? Yeah, I filled my own potholes. Yeah, he put a tree in it. If they're not going to fix it, I'm going to do something. I would literally drive around in my F-150 and, and do this if I had a pothole in my neighborhood. I don't care if they come at me. Come at me. I just save people money. <laughs> come at me. Bring it. I want you to testify today. Go down there. You work in the city. I've got a show to do. Oh, all right. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Oh, good. So you're, you're off, and after this, you go do it. <laughs> <laughs> Are you gonna send me down there? Yes. Hey, did you hear that uh, there was a special uh, committee meeting last week? A, a retreat, if you will, with GOP and uh, Democratic leaders in Racine. They. I said, did you see my tweet on it? The world is healing, Eric. Yeah. Yeah. We're getting along now. I think it's a good idea. It's Even a if fantastic. they roasted marshmallows or did. I love the thing with the with the what trust fall. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. You ever see the one where they think you're going to fall backwards and they go forward and the person falls flat on their face? I thought you said forward! <laughs> so that's a video that's out there. Yes. i got to find Yeah, oh, that's, yeah. that's on the person that's doing the real, falling. Yes. Got it. it's, co- it's communication, it's cooperation, it's trust. What do you got today? Uh, lots of guests today talking about scam, internet scams, and, and uh, we, somebody from the FTC is coming out to talk about how you can kind of avoid some of that stuff. We're talking to C.J. Safer, Institute for Reforming Government, on the flat tax, or how about this, no state tax proposals? Thumbs up from the Stever on that one. Yes, absolutely. We're going to talk about that at 935. Did you just gloss yourself the Stever? I did. That's, did you know that's my unofficial <laughs> oh, yes. nickname, the Stever? Yes, I did you know not this know that. Oh, it's yeah. from the UWM days. Yes. Mm, I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> the Stever will be back in about, oh, nine minutes. The Stever's up next on WTMJ. Yeah, so um, we brought together our leadership team in the Assembly Democrats and the Assembly Republicans last week. We had productive conversations. I feel it was helpful in looking forward and hopefully having a stronger relationship. Everybody wants to know if there were trust falls. There were no trust falls. 